0: Hello and welcome to Horrific Tales. In this show we celebrate the creation of independent authors and aspiring writers. Please like and subscribe and share these episodes so we can help our talented friends get as much exposure as possible. We would also appreciate if you could support our artists by following them on their individual platforms and by purchasing their works. Details on how to do this are in the episode description. In this Horrific Tale, a young woman finds herself developing a taste for something rather unsavoury. join us now as we present Skin, by Sue Robbins. Stop badgering me, Wendy screamed. She was sick and tired of her fiancé, Ben, who was constantly on her case. Hey, I'm trying to help you, he shouted back as he reached over and knocked her hand from her mouth. Just quit it, okay? Stop biting your fingers. I'm not she whispered. She had been, of course, but would never admit to it, even when caught red-handed, which was often. As far back as she could remember, her fingernails had been a point of difficulty. By the time she entered high school, she graduated to chewing on the skin around the nail bed. Sometimes her fingers would bleed. It was troublesome at first, but now she had grown used to it. Ripping the blader with a napkin or handful of tissues for a few minutes would usually stop the flow, on the random occasion when she couldn't get it to stop, so she would just keep the digit in her mouth until the tiny hemorrhage subsided, She and as he recognized the taste of iron and the metal undertones from the salty red liquid. The ritual was always the same, sucking on her finger, drawing out as much as possible until it eventually clotted. Wendy, Ben sighed, already exhausted from the conversation. I'm only trying to help. I know, she muttered, tucking her hands beneath her legs. Ben glanced at her before turning back to the television. He knew she would do it again. He and Wendy had been dating since her sophomore year, Over the past six years, her habit had faltered. Certainly, he would reason with himself. There were worse traits a girlfriend could have. What's the problem with chewing on a finger every now and then? Lots of people do it. But this was different. It had been getting progressively worse. Almost every night, he would catch her biting, no chewing on a select finger. He would scold her, but that only made her more obstinate. More bloody fingers, more band-aids, more stained napkins in the garbage cans. Perhaps it was the stress of her job, her parents harping to set a wedding date. Ben reclined back on the couch as Wendy curled beside him. She waited for him to nod off, before turning at the Skinner and the nail of her picky finger with her teeth. A week later Ben was in their kitchen eating an early breakfast while Wendy was in the shower. He had planned to meet a few of his buddies for allegedly nine holes of golf at the local links. Wendy had her own full day worked out, which included heading up various garage sales and spending time at the mall. He finished his cereal, put the dish in the sink and trotted upstairs to say goodbye. He knocked on the bathroom door before peeking in. When? He stepped into the warm, moist fog and waved away the steam from his face. He called out again, but she couldn't hear him from underneath the shower's flow. Moving in closer, he reached for the green curtain and he the back. Whoa, baby, now that's what I like! Ben, what are you- Stop! <laughs> she laughed. I'm trying to take a shower here. You know, he eyed her smiling. If I didn't have a tea-time, we'd be having a whole different conversation right now. (laughs) Bye! See you tonight! He smacked her butt, scuttled out the door. (laughs) God, Ben, I swear, she giggled as she pulled the shower curtain closed. She fastened the tiny suction cups to the edge of the shower liner to the tub wall, just for safe measure. Mindy finished getting ready for the day and headed downstairs to check for local sales. She plopped down in the couch, turned on the TV and picked up the paper. As she scanned the first few pages, she mentally began biting a fingernail on her left hand. She worked her way down the nail until the white part no longer showed. As she continued to read, her teeth found a puffy piece of skin that was still wrinkly from the shower. She tore at it, pulling off a large layer of skin. She chewed on it, grinding it with her teeth, running her tongue over the rigid texture. When she felt a twinge of pain, she stopped reading and looked down at her middle finger. Bloody droplets oozed for once a sweet of the skin had been. A strange unsettling rush she had never known before came over her. She felt her heart race and her face flush, without thinking she grabbed the remote with her right hand and shut off the set. She eyed her finger again, before clamping down on one of the shreds of skin, and pulling it off from the entire length of her middle finger. The searing pain was almost too much to bear, but she couldn't stop, every rip, chew and swallow deepened the throes of excitement and fervour. Wendy continued this frenzy until she devoured most of the skin from her left hand she stopped after the final swallow and stared at the bloody appendage. Now the real pain began. Stabbing, throbbing, pulsating anguish swept through her body while her mind reeled with questions that had no answers. Wendy scanned the living room, desperately looking for something to cover her pedolated hand. As she shifted her weight, a dizziness overtook her and she had to sit back down. When she was able to rise herself from the sofa, she stumbled into the hall closet, found some gauze and did her best to wrap it up. It stung like hell. But hiding it was priority one. No one must ever find out what happened or how far it went. She took some aspirin and dragged herself upstairs to lie down for a while. She knew Ben wouldn't be home for hours, and she was feeling woozy. There would be plenty of time to concoct a story as to why her hand was bandaged. As for missing out on the garage sale finds on her weekly trip to the mall, she would simply have to be extra clever or a bit to finding nothing of interest. Neither outcome he would take as gospel. Hours passed. Wendy had fallen into a deep sleep. She cradled her damaged hand on her right arm, oblivious to the rest of the waking world. Only the ring of her cell phone shattered her temporary peace. Hello? she mumbled, still half asleep. Wendy, are you still at home? I thought it was a big old shop drop day. You sound like you just woke up. Yeah, well, she tried to deflect the conversation. I guess I wasn't up to it. I'm not feeling too well. What's wrong? Ben asked, his voice pressed with concern. Wendy had a recent bout with a kidney stone. Aside from the hospital charge of $250, they ended up stuck in the ER for the better part of four hours. A male nurse lamented alongside of Wendy, and told him about how he had seen a six two, 300-pound football player drop to his knees from the stabbing neck brought by a tiny, jagged calcified rock. It was wicked, he told him. and the guy finally passed it, the lab let me see it totally looked like one of those medieval misses, messes! Totally wicked, man!" Wendy knew all too well that her current pain wasn't due to a rogue piece of calcium, but the last thing she needed was for Ben to know the hideous truth. I'm okay, Ben. I just needed more sleep. As the words left her lips, she realised how unconvincing she must have sounded. So you don't think it's the kidney stone thing? No, really. I'll be fine. Uh I was just going to let you know that the guys and I are gonna grab an early dinner out this way. I didn't want you to worry or have to hold dinner for me. I'm guessing I'll be home around six, maybe six thirty if traffic is bad. Okay, uh sounds fine. Uh drive safe, all right? And you get some sleep. He laughed. Or maybe not. You'll be up all night if you nap the day away. When she hung up she headed into the bathroom, her head and hands still aching. She downed a couple of aspirin and chased it with a cup of water from the sink. Glancing up into the mirror, she was startled by her own appearance. Pale, sweaty, blonde hair sticking up every which way. A shower sure might have been a good idea, but curiosity got the best of her instead. She lifted a section of the blood-soaked gauze and looked underneath. Both blood and bandage had joined asunder sometime during the past few hours, making it almost impossible to see the extent of the actual damage. What was visible, however, was a small skin flap which jutted out below the heel of her hand. One quick rip was all it would take. She bit into the tissue, clamping down with her teeth, and pulled. Instead of peeling back a small first layer of skin, she ended up going far beyond both epidermis and dermis. Somehow she managed to pull a large swathe of what looked like to be part skin, part fat, and part fascia from her body. Blood streamed down her arm, soaked into her shirt, and dripped onto the floor. Her teeth were still clamped around a piece of flesh, which now hung precariously from her mouth. She gnawed on the strip until the entire piece had been consumed. She continued peeling away subcutaneous layers of skin and fat from her left arm, devouring them all. After stripping her arm up to the elbow, she stopped, looked in the mirror and realised what she had done. Without a second thought, she grabbed the bath towel and bound it tightly around her arm. In less than a minute, blood had soaked through, turning the yellow material pink before mutating into an angry shade of red. Wendy passed out on the bathroom floor. When Ben arrived home, he found Wendy still unconscious and surrounded in a pool of blood. He called 911 and followed the ambulance to the ER, fearing that the rescue attempt would be too late. auto sarcophage the doctor told Ben out of Wendy's earshot. I've never seen a case first-hand before, but it seems that your girlfriend is suffering from the practice of self-cannibalism. It's vaguely related to pica, the disorder of eating things that generally aren't meant for digestion, like dirt or hair. Ben shook his head. I, I don't understand. Sure, she chewed on her fingers, but lots of people do that. Is she crazy? Is there something, you know, wrong with her? Well, it could be a form of obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. Some studies have suggested that it's genetic, but she ate part of her arm, doctor. She swallowed her own flesh. What does this mean? What can I do? The doctor recommended psychiatric therapy and skin grafts, but Ben was sceptical. All he knew was that his girlfriend would have a long, possibly painful road ahead of her, because she ate part of her arm. Over the next five months, Wendy attended both physical therapy and counselling with Ben by her side. He supported her, believing that she could beat this condition and was willing to do whatever it took to help. Wendy was determined to stop this behaviour as well wanting desperately to put the past behind her. She couldn't comprehend how this behaviour had gotten so out of hand, but she promised Ben that it would never get to such an extreme level again. By nightfall fall her arm had mostly healed, and her mobility had returned. They decided to set a date for the wedding, agreeing that they needed something positive to look forward to, after having gone through such a traumatic time earlier in the year. They planned for a beautiful winter wedding, right before the holidays, everything to shimmer in silver and gold. It would be a wonderful, angelic new beginning. That's when the dreams began. During one of Wendy's final visits to her therapist, instead of regaling him with all the details about the upcoming wedding, she sat in his office, crying. Ben tried to comfort her as he looked to the therapist for the right thing to say. It's okay, Wendy. You've been through a traumatic experience, both of you. Nightmares are a reasonable outlet for everything that has happened. Your brain is trying to work it out, attempting to make sense of events that seem unsensible. They're, they're just so vivid, so lifelike, and horrible. I wake up sweating and I can't go back to sleep, she said, wiping an eye. Ben handed her a tissue and put his hand on her leg. I just kept thinking about what happened. What if I didn't pass out? What if I kept on eating? The counsellor stopped her. Wendy, please. After all the work we've done together. well, I can't promise miracles... I can't tell you that the memories and images in your head will eventually fade with time. Keep working on the things we talked about. Take a look at those books and worksheets I gave you. I believe you'll find that as time passes and you get busy with other things in your life, you won't fixate on the past. The nightmares will fade. Wendy, you'll have more positive thoughts, with which to fill your mind. That's right, Ben said. There's only a couple of weeks until the wedding. Let's focus on the good times ahead. She smiled at Ben. He's right, she thought. Why keep dragging this through the mud? It's only serving to make our life miserable. It was a tragic situation, but now it's over. The surgeon said everything had healed. Even the counsellor encouraged us to look towards a brighter future. I agree, Ben. No more drudgery about the past. I promise to do better, she said as she placed her hand on his leg and gave it a gentle squeeze. 150 people packed the Second Methodist Church on the Saturday prior to Christmas Day. Ben and Wendy's family and friends had gathered for the 2pm wedding, filling every pew an extra seat in the house. Silver and gold bows and swags of green welcomed both guests and processional. The altar was adorned by two large candle on each side. Thin white tapered candles had been lit and illuminated the reserved row. Wendy's parents spent the final pre-wedding moments fussing and hovering over the wedding party, pestering about last-minute details. Her mum, dressed in the nines and a long forest green gown with plenty of frills and baubles, was instructing the three bridesmaids and two floor girls how to step, pause, step down the aisle, and not, for God's sake, step, step, pause, as they had done the last night during the rehearsal. Her dad had his own hands full, micromanaging the ushers, with pointless details of how to guide the grandparents to their seats, before unrolling the white aisle runner for the bride. Meanwhile, band and his groomsmen jogging for space in front of the mirror checking and double-checking their tuxes and hair. An unwieldy Koelec had been tormenting Ben, but the others laughed it off, reminding him that in a few hours it would be the last thing on his mind. When the organ music began a few moments later, they put aside their banter and lined up in their respective places. Following the instructions given by Wendy's dad, the ushers led both sets of parents and grandparents to their seats. The groomsmen, best man, and Ben were next, making their way down the aisle to the front of the church. There was a nervous, but excited tension that was palpable as they stood watching the white runner being unrolled for the bride under her court. The bridesmaids entered right on cue, wearing long burgundy gowns and carrying their own bouquets of a sort of flowers with bows of silver. They made their way down the centre aisle, and lined up facing the groomsmen as the maid of honour began her walk. Once the entire wedding party was in place, the organist stopped playing, as all 150 guests rose from their seats and turned their gazes towards the back of the church. The first strain of the wedding march sounded as Wendy waited alone, just out of sight. She didn't want anyone to escort her down the aisle or accompany her in the dressing room. She wanted to do this all on her own. After living through the stress and strain of the past year, she longed to show Ben and everyone else that she was a strong, independent woman who could stand on her own. She approached the entryway to face the waiting crowd. Seeing Ben at the far end of the church gave her only impenches she needed to go forward. She took her first step under the white runner, pacing herself to the music. As she passed the back roads, audible gasps could be heard over the organ. The further she went, the louder the reactions became, until the horrified screams overpowered the music. The first of many guests fainted. One of the older children pointed and cried out aloud, Oh my God, she has no feet! A bloody path trailed behind Wendy as she awkwardly made her way down the aisle. Her feet barely attached by ligaments, nerves and tendons were dragged along. She had had just enough alone time to chew through both ankles. She continued along the runner, now stained with crimson red, and gave Ben a big bloody smile. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our latest horrific tale. If you want to keep up to date with future episodes then subscribe to our youtube channel and follow our social media pages you can also give the channel support by visiting our merchandise store and picking up some of our items we would also appreciate it if you took a moment to support our contributing artists who very kindly lend their talents to the show check out the links in the description to see how you can do this well that just leaves me to say until next time my friends keep it creepy keep it horrific